Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Legacy of 1804. I am your host, Alice Backer. Today's date is January 12, 2018. This is the commemoration of the earthquake that happened in Haiti um, several years ago, specifically in 2010. Uh, We're now eight years removed, so I think at some point we're going to have to um, restore January as the month of Haitian independence. Uh, but of course, you know, commemoration is important. Tonight I'm welcoming Sherry uh, Antoine from Afrograd. We're going to discuss uh, Wikipedia Day tomorrow. Uh, actually, Wikipedia Day this Sunday, um, which we're very happy to um bring on as a topic to Legacy of War. Uh, First, let me make sure Sherry is on the air with us and can hear us well. Sherry, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Very good. Okay. Uh, That's always the the most important first step of everything. Okay. So... Very soon I'm going to make an announcement that I'm still thinking of in terms of how to best continue with this show, given my increasingly demanding work schedule, which is making it increasingly impossible for me to show up on Fridays on time to do it. And um, I'm tinkering with a few ideas. I'm thinking that maybe I'll move to like a pre-recorded, to like a pre-recorded uh, pa- um, format where I'll just publish it whenever whenever it's done. Um, but increasingly, it's it's getting harder and harder for me to do this live on Friday nights. So I just wanted to let everybody know in advance 
The theme song which opens each show is One Utrara from the album Blues and Red, courtesy of Bouillon Bois and the Blues and Red Band. And here at Love 1804, we amplify Haitian voices live on air every Friday, and that is just the audio version of what we have been doing online since to, well, <laughs> at kiskiasti.com since 2005. So uh, this year, Wikipedia is celebrating, uh, I believe it's 16th anniversary. I think it turned 15 last year. This year it's 16, right, Sherry? No, no, actually, this year it's 17. Okay. This year is seventeen. Uh, okay. Last year was the sweet sixteen. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, and so, just as a a refresher, we're going to speak to Sherry first, and at about nine forty-five, uh, nine fifty or so, we're going to be joined by Marcia Bois, who's going to talk to us about um, her Sub Jumu challenge that she's doing in Queens tomorrow. So, you know, this week we're we're really just looking at events taking place. Uh, around the city of interest to the audience. So Wikipedia Day, Sherry. Um, now, Sherry, of course, is from AfroCrowd, which is, you know, kind of takes care of outreach for um, Wikipedia Day um, for, uh, well, actually, she takes care of outreach for AfroCrowd, for, for the African-American community. Um, so Sherry, tell us about Wikipedia Day and what people can expect. Um, generally, when we are on the show, we talk about events that AfroCrowd is doing, which means it's generally edit-a-thons that let people know about how to edit Wikipedia. Um, but this time, it's Wikipedia Day, which is a different format. So what's Wikipedia Day going to look like this year? Okay, so first of all, it's great to be here with you on the show. Um, and uh, especially on such an important day for the Haitian community as well. Um, so Wikipedia Day, um, um, this year it's uh, the 17th uh, birthday of Wikipedia. Um, and um, basically Wikipedia Day is a mini conference slash um, celebration type of event. Um, throughout the day there's going to be people from the Wikimedia community from all over um, this area but as, as well as different parts of the country and in some cases the world um, different speakers who are part of um, open uh, source technology like Wikipedia are going to be there um, there's going to be people from throughout the community talking about many different subjects um, that have to do with digital technology have to do with um, you know, uh, Wikimedia um, uh, platforms and projects like uh, Wikipedia, but as, as well as the rest of the world of Wikipedia, which includes um, all those great pictures that you see um, throughout throughout the platform and um, different audio files and ways to use them. But I think um, uh, one one great way to encapsulate what Wikipedia Day is, it's an opportunity, it's like a mini TED in some ways, it's an opportunity for people to just come here um, about open uh, source technology and about Wikipedia and all that um, Wikipedians in the community are doing and just to celebrate free knowledge, you know, celebrate um, being able to be a part of making history every day on Wikipedia, but also um, being able to highlight um, 
things that are important um, in, in history and, and within these different communities that have started to kind of close the gap, um, the information and, and, and knowledge gap about different cultures and community. And since we are um, talk, uh, talking about the Haitian community, I think it's a great opportunity to learn about ways to highlight the achievements, the accomplishments of um, the entire uh, African diaspora. But on this particular day, uh, on the on the great um, achievements and contributions of um, the, the Haitian community as well. So um, we are going to be starting at 9.30 a.m., on Sunday, and uh, which is uh, January the 14th, um, the day before Martin Luther King Day, I should mention, and um, it, that's when uh, the doors are open, and then there will be um, uh, events throughout the day, including a lunch and breakfast, and then um, everything uh, heads over to different lightning talks, which happen at 3.30 uh, p.m., and at 5.30, there will be another set of lightning talks. So there will be different um, events throughout the day and opportunities to learn, share, meet people, and uh, mingle, and uh, just a great, fun event to, to really get to know about this community. All right, um, that's that's great. And um, now this is not this is not exactly an edit-a-thon, right? Is no, this, it's not. Is there not. an edit-a-thon portion um, of this or no? Well, um, it's uh, there is an edit-a-thon portion, but um, there are opportunities for. Let's say you are. Um, someone who's interested in history. Um, we have Black History Month that's going to be um, starting up really soon in February. You also have an event for that, which I'd love to mention if I can. Um, and uh, let's say you're, sure. you're interested in, 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 in adding information about uh, Black history online, which is what AfroCrowd does. Um, we uh, there will be a lot of people to kind of help you either um, if you're already working on something to learn how to then um, get that on Wikipedia and help it to stick, or at least um, uh, help you get started with an uh, an account or any kind of questions you have. Um, Sunday is a great day to be at um, at the Ace Hotel um, to get more information about how you can uh, participate in all of that. Um, because there will be so many different um, there will be so many different experts there who can help you. There will be different opportunities for you to learn different ways of getting more information about the different communities out there. Um, if, if, for example, let's say you see that there's a lack of, of information about um, uh, uh, events that have happened um, in the community, you can find a way to get more of those things on something called Wikidata and, and learn how to just get statistics out there that could be helpful or useful. Um, different, there's different technologies within Wikipedia that can help you, um, you know, add uh, references that aren't um, readily available about different communities. Um, there's just so many ways to participate, so many things to learn. And that's a great place to not only, you know, just, you know, take in the knowledge, but be able to figure out how you can participate in that as well, and making knowledge more available to other people. Um, 
And uh, like I mentioned, there there is a Black History Month event that Africa will be having. We're going to be having it at the Schomburg Center um, in Harlem on February 24th which is a Saturday, and um, there's going to be a reception to follow. It's going to be a great day of just um, getting uh, into actual editing of Wikipedia articles and learning um, from wiki coaches, we call them, who can work with you one-on-one -on -one to help you with your article, help you get one started. Even if you've never used a computer before, you can come that day and learn how to do that. But also, um, as you know, uh, uh, many of your listeners may already know you're the founder of Afrocrowd, and you're going to be leading a training that day that I think that that people really should um, uh, be a part of. And and um, from that day, you can learn how to get your um, article started, for example, right? If there's information missing about um, a person or place or thing in black history that the world needs to know about, um, you can get that started that day, and then throughout the year, there's more events like every month, um, uh, just like it, um, where we can help you grow that even more. So if you want to get a year of knowledge started, I'd say come Sunday um, to the Ace Hotel in New York. I think it's 20 West 29th Street in Manhattan to get that started. You have a resolution and you're really into black history or, or into your culture, or you just want to know more or help other people to know about the, the great contributions um, of uh, the African diaspora, you can get that started by going to uh, Wikipedia Day on Sunday and then continue it in February at the Schomburg Center on the 24th. Uh, of February for Black History Month. And then even after that, we have more events every month. So I think Sunday is a great a great uh, day to start your New Year's resolution to become a smarter you and help others also become more knowledgeable about um, uh, Black culture. All right, that sounds, uh, that sounds very good and very promising. Um, do you want to tell us Uh, what the takeaways were from last year's Wikipedia Day. So last year's Wikipedia Day, other than the cake, because it is a birthday celebration for Wikipedia after all, um, the takeaway was just how big the community is. Uh, Wikipedia, um, when you when you go to the, when you go to Wikipedia, um, it's there on your computer, but it's also a very deep community, a deep global community. So um, there are people from all over the world who are making it happen. So New York is one of the hubs in a, a global um, organization that uh, keeps Wikipedia active, accurate, and insightful. And also it is a great way, um, it, it, is a, it is an important part of um, uh, societal knowledge as well. Um, and so when you go to Wikipedia Day, you get a little bit of a taste of that. And that's what it was for me. It really was, um, especially last year's event, which was very, very popular. Um, there was, the day was just full of so many different kinds of awesome people. Um, you get to meet the different people who make up what you see when you go online. So when you go online and let's say you're reading about Maya Angelou, well, if you, 
look into who wrote those articles from the time it, it, it began as a little one sentence online to where it is now. Um, that's a lot of people, a lot of fingers, a lot of heads, a lot of minds, a lot of perspectives who made that article what it was, um, as well as what it wasn't, which is which is another thing. Um, so going to this event gives you a deeper understanding of what goes into it, but also just of the richness of the community that's available, uh, the knowledge community that's available. Um, that has become more and more important lately because of the fight to protect um, information and um, and to protect uh, just the integrity of information. We've all heard about fake news. We've all heard about um, all these different ways that uh, information and knowledge are under attack. And um, when you go to this event, uh, yes, you'll get to eat and drink and, 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 and hear speakers and do all these fun things, but it's also just a really need to meet other people who care about um, this kind of information, keeping the integrity of it and keeping the flow of it, and just, you know, um, the commitment that's, that's there within the community. I think if I can add another thing that you step away with is um, the understanding of just how important representation is in online content and online media, because um, while um, while the group that does show up, um, I wouldn't say show up, but that is there for the event, um, is a very rich and interesting group. Um, we want to see just a increased representation from every everywhere more women more people of color more um more perspectives and backgrounds and i think um every year it, it increases and changes and grows and develops a little bit more because of all the efforts from africa and other programs like it to really get more perspectives um from different communities out there um to be a part of the wikipedia uh, media community, the Wikimedia community. So, um, yeah, if you if you're even faintly interested in um, in Black history or in history in general, or in technology or in just learning, um, I think it's a good event to to be a part of. All right. So, Sherry, do you want to tell us about on this note the Stockholm Diversity Wikipedia Diversity Conference that you attended a few months ago? Um, how do you think the conference, well, what did you learn there about further diversifying the pool of Wikipedia editors? And, and what can we expect going forward based on what you saw at the conference? Okay, um, thanks for asking. It was a, definitely a wonderful event. Um, definitely a lot of people from different parts of the world. Um, um, there's a lot of great representation specifically in this group of people who care about diversity um, within uh, uh, Wikimedia and, um, and Wikipedia. And um, one thing that I stepped away with is that there was an increased um, commitment to diversity within uh, Wikipedia. Um, there was, uh, a, I, would, I guess I would call it a declaration from among the group that this is something that, uh, um, that they're going to be investing in, um, finding ways to um, increase inclusion um, on the platform and, and the different technologies. Um, also, there's an increased commitment to expand beyond um, beyond uh, 
the traditional apparatus that uh, Wikimedia uses to reach out. For example, reaching out to cultural uh, communities, reaching out to um, uh, organizations off Wiki that are not involved in the Wikimedia community already to um, to get more representation, inclusion, and participation um, within the content that is uh, included on Wikipedia. Um, uh, I'm not sure if you listeners know, but Wikipedia um, has, uh, among the languages spoken, including dialects, thousands of, of, of languages and dialects um, spread among the, the millions who uh, participate um, within Wikipedia. And I also um, learned, uh, noted from the conference that language is also of increasing um, importance to um, the movement as well. So something I saw was that there were a lot of people who were interested in including um, uh, not just more translations among, um, let's say, a French or German or or another major language, or Chinese or otherwise, but also um, among um, smaller minority languages. Um, and uh, that was also something that I saw was um, uh, getting a lot of interest as well. And another thing that was great was just people being able to speak um, in person to one another about the different uh, issues that they had within their with their um, communities in their home countries, and by being able to put uh, heads together, there was a lot of good. Um, there was a good outcome of shared experiences, best practices, and so forth, and um, a better understanding of okay, so this is how this is handled in this country where these are the issues and and so on and so forth. And so by that, it, you leave with a greater sense of um, communal participation among the different projects within the different countries, as well as an understanding of where your area kind of sat uh, within, um, within that greater discussion. All right, sounds very good. Thank you. Shay Antoine for joining us. You're welcome to stay. It's a pleasure. We are now joined. <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. As we're now joined by Marcia Bois to talk about her soup, uh, soup jumu challenge that is taking place tomorrow in Queens. Now, Wikipedia Day is going to be taking place, of course, at the Ace Hotel on Sunday from 9:30 a.m. to about what seven five. It's happening all day, right? Um, it's it, the doors open at 9:30 a.m. at Ace at the Ace Hotel, and they close at 6:30. So I would mm -hmm. suggest that your listeners at least come for the the first half if they can, because we're going to have some great food um, and some um, great opening remarks. But please, um, if you can't make it for the earlier part, come in the afternoon. Um, there'll be some wonderful talks going on, as well as um, the opportunity if you have ideas that you want to share with the community, um, the opportunity to sign up for lightning talks, which are five to 10 minute talks on whatever issue um, you choose. Mm -hmm. All right, that's great. And uh, so the Ace Hotel, the address again is? 20 West 29th Street in Manhattan. All right, that's gonna be fun. Okay, great. So um, thank you, Sherry. Now, uh, Marcia Bois, I am opening your line. Marcia, are you here with us? Yes, I am. How are Hi, you? Hi, Alice. How are you? Hi. I'm good, thank yeah. you. How are you? 
fancy talking to you here. Now, Masya, you have to first tell us what organization you're representing and your role well, in that organization. So I am going to say I'm representing the diaspora because okay. I am right. a part of so many organizations. Um, okay. To sit here and name them all would be a travesty because then if I miss but one. This sub this Subjumu challenge is being organized by which of those hats? Um, none. Oh, it's okay. actually so a your own collaboration. It's a okay. It's a collaboration between myself and a sister named Demetria who lives in my community, and we were talking about how do we expose our community's culture to the larger community so that it's not a conversation about what we experience as children growing up in the Americas. And, so do you, you know, want, some okay, of the so, taunting. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, so some of the taunting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Demetria had the idea, and I am just pushing it forward because, you know, we have so many ideas that we just sit around and hold on and not push forward. And I liked this idea so much that I actually pushed this one forward. Because who doesn't love food? Mm -hmm. Okay. You know? So what are you and hoping, of course, who doesn't love food, but why isn't it a, an apple pie contest? Why a soup jumu contest specifically? And, are, and then you have to tell us the logistics of how this challenge is going to happen. Uh, are people going to be cooking their soup jumu on site, or are they going to be bringing their soup jumu? Um, they will be bringing their soup. Um, okay. Because we don't have an industrial kitchen, we can't cook on site. Um, so everyone will be bringing in their soups. And so the challenge is supposed to happen sort of like this. Um, people can come and partake in any soups that they want. Um, they'll watch the movie that we'll be presenting. And then from there, they will label which of the soups they enjoyed the most. And the winner of the contest will receive a prize. And what film is that that you will be showing? We'll be showing the Tariq Nasheed 1804 film. Oh wow! I wish you'd put that on the. Uh, I wish you'd put that on the flyer. Well, because we did, we didn't actually get his permission to show the film. I've reached out to him several times and never reach, um, never received permission. So mm -hmm. we didn't put it on the flyer. Ah, okay. Because, you know, that, that, that wouldn't be great. That wouldn't be great type of advertisement if we didn't get permission from the producer. And that's gotcha. why, um, that's why we're charging just $5 and $5 is just to cover the rental fee. Okay. And so your event, again, is taking place uh, where, again, your event? Okay, hold on while I pull up the address, please. Okay. Because okay. I don't know it off the top of my head. 
So the event is being held at the American Legion Post 483 in Rosedale, Queens, 240-04, Rosedale. No, dash, oh, what, hold on. Hold on, Alice. Hello? Hello? All right. Um, all right, so I'm not sure what's going on. Um, if, if, if anybody wants to weigh in. Okay, so it looks like we, we have Marcia back. Okay, Marcia, what's the story? Marcia, it sounds like we lost you for a second. Can you hear us? All right. Um, it looks like for whatever reason we have lost Marcia. So I am going to put on some music. Um, I um, welcome. Huh. Okay. Ah. Uh, okay. All right, Marcia. I'm opening your line. Marcia, are you here with us? Oh. Okay. <laughs> We've lost Marcia again. Um, I did want to say that if anybody wants to weigh into this conversation, they can do so at um, 714 242 6119. 714 242 Okay, no, you're not on. If you, can you call back? Somehow you you dropped you dropped again. Okay, all right. So 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 sorry about that, Marcia. We have you now on. Um, I apologize. Where did we leave things off, Marcia? We left things off with the address. Okay. And <laughs> okay. Sorry about that yes. as well. I was getting an incoming call. So the yes. the location is the American Legion, post four eight three, at two four zero dash o eight, a hundred and thirty fifth Avenue in Rosedale, Queens, one one four two two. Okay, and um, actually, I I wish I did I hadn't sent you away to get the number because I just posted the flyer on Twitter and the flyer has that information. Um, but also, your contestants should call nine one seven two two six seven seven five zero and the vendors five one six four four seven one seven seven eight. 
Yes, and we're still accepting vendors. So if anyone has a product that they would like to showcase, please call tonight. Vending fee is very reasonable. Um, we're expecting about 50 to 60 people, if not more. But it's really it's a really good test run to see how the community adopts this idea. And it's also to commemorate all lives lost today during the earthquake, you know, because at this time we're all calling to see if our relatives are okay and we're all in a terrible panic. And so that trauma still lives with us. And so we should still remember those we've lost. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, and this is this is the eighth year commemoration of the January 10, 2012 earthquake. And yes, this is a pretty traumatic um, um, date for us. I mean, there's so much going on. There's there's a lot going on for us right now. There's that date. Exactly. There's the um, you know the Trump comments, uh, which yeah. are causing quite a bit of commotion. Um, and which, if anybody wants to discuss that next, and I, I know that we have some callers on the air who are very willing to discuss that. Um, well, actually, Marcia, while we have you, what's your what's your uh, two cents on 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 these Trump shithole comments? Well, and the I community reaction to them. I say this: number forty-five has done a tremendous job in getting us to talk about politics and policy and has created a heightened awareness within our base of people who never even thought about considering what politics and policies means to them. So that's a great job. The next step is for us the activists, the radio hosts, the organizers, all of us who are out here trying to um, make a difference in the world, to galvanize these base and unify them in ways that we can definitely make changes to our reality today. And one of the ways is one of the immediate ways is to highlight our culture, that, you know, we are the first republic. Let's not forget that, that without us standing strong and saying that we can be independent, that we can be solvent, we can determine our own destiny, that there would be nothing else. There would be nothing else for another group to think yes. Because let's never forget all of the assistance that the Haitian military of 1804 has done from the time of our independence. And right now, it's our, it's our chance to regalvanize these bases and form a union that can really stand strong against any 45 or any other person who spews this rhetoric in front of our community and tell them that you need to um, sit down and relearn the lessons that we taught you 
as a child because, remember, you didn't know how to bathe yourself. It was us, the African folks, who went into those Caucasus mountains and helped people in humanity with a human forum how to bathe and how to treat themselves as a human being. Those are my thoughts. People might think otherwise. Are you still there? Alice? Okay, so so this is great. So just a, just a reminder that Marcia Bois' event is going to be tomorrow in Queens, tomorrow, Saturday, uh, January 13th in Queens at American Legion Post 483 um, at 2408 135th Avenue in Rosedale. And from, um, from, from what time? From 12 to 4 p.m. From 12 to 4 p.m. Yes. Yes. And um, and uh, yes, and you're going to be judging. Uh, people are going to be bringing their subjumu, watching the 1804 movie, which I still need to get a panel to come and discuss on this show. And I really hope after you watch it tomorrow that we can get you on the show along with the rest of the panel in a few weeks, Matya, to talk about the film. Yes, I would love it. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. All right. So um, thank you so much for joining us and uh, best of luck with the event. Uh, if you have pictures or if you want to come back and tell us how it went, we'd love to, we'd love to hear about it. Definitely. Thank you, Alice, so much. And you have a great evening. All right. Now I'm going to, we, we hadn't planned to do this, but since we have um, apparently Yves Gilal, who's a frequent co-host of the show, on the line from Florida, I'm going to ask Ug if he wants to weigh in on the, the commotion happening around this Trump, um, uh, these Trump comments. Now, um, clearly, as Haitians, we know that, you know, we know our country. I think the Africans who he's insulted know our country. We're also used to a certain type of white racism. Um, but let me just say that I'm a little bit, hmm, let me just say that it would have been really nice. I mean, we've got all sorts of Haitian organ organizations who normally do not get involved in any politics. There's one Haitian organization that shall remain nameless that, uh, from, well, th th that word has, would not put out a statement on, um, the treatment of Dominicans in the DR, but which put out a statement on this. And lo and behold, many of these professional organizations putting out statements on this did not put out statements on anything having to do with the Clintons in Haiti, anything having to do with the UN in Haiti. Um, and um, I think we're kind of at the, I mean, at, at this point we kind of know, I mean, it's, it's very well known that racism is not just something that has to do with wars, but that racism is institutional. So you would think that at this point we would have the maturity to know that just the words uttered by a Trump um, are not the only forms of racism that, you know, that like policies actually affect Haiti as well. And lots of people who have come out to denounce Trump uh, and who look like they're going to capitalize on whatever movement comes out of the Haitian community on this 
although I'd love to be wrong, uh, including Hillary Clinton herself. <laughs> um, uh, lots of people are going to capitalize on this movement who have put out policies in Haiti that are extremely, that have been extremely, um, mm, let's say, uh, destructive. But anyway, uh, let me shut up and ask you for your opinion on what is afoot. Um, I have word that there are organizations getting together in New York trying to put together a march that's going to be a they think is going to be as big as the AIDS march in the 90s, uh, based on these comments. Um, and um, I have to ask about the maturity of this community. Uh, not that we don't want this to happen, obviously. We should defend ourselves. But uh, I, I have to ask about the reaction to these words in comparison to the reaction to policies that are that have caused so much destruction in the last 15 years. I'm going to stop there. You let you put in your two cents. Um, so it's why my brain just flooded. Hi, Alice. Greetings, our listeners of uh, um, Legacy of 1804. Um, my brain is just flooded with uh, with all kinds of thoughts from. Um, uh, our friend Justin Makala reminding us to this is probably a good time to once again take a deep breath and, um, and, and, and organize and reorganize and never stop reorganizing and uh, um, so we can respond to, 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 to situations like this or better yet to keep them from uh, to prevent them from happening in the first place. Uh, so that's one set of thought. I, I want to be calm. Uh, on the other hand, um, I think it is appropriate to remind uh, Trump and Trump-like people that um, when Europe was a shithole itself, Europeans didn't migrate to um, Norway. No, they uh, went sniffing around Africa, and where. Um, they basically destroy everything because they're shit. Excuse my language, but that apparently this is the era we seem to have entered. Um, I understand when they go low, it's supposed to go high, but apparently some people only understand low language. And to communicate effectively, I think sometimes you just have to know your audience and speak to them appropriately, meaning in the language they understand best. Uh, so where those little shits proceeded to destroy everything um, there and in their paths everywhere else. So those people are just extremely lucky that the Africans back then were more human and more humane than they are those people, the Trump-like people that they are today. So I think it's an, it's an important reminder as uh, some people clamor and say, well, it's just the truth, or Trump just spoke the truth, and he just said what many of us have been saying uh, um, amongst ourselves. Well, um, I don't know how many of them were thinking among themselves that they too came from a shithole, and we all go through it periodically. It's, it's, it, you know, it's cyclical. Um, 
Haitians reacting to this. Uh, it, it's very interesting to watch some of these reactions. And I'm not surprised by the great number of people who are actually saying he is correct. You know, our, uh, um, Haiti is, is, is a this hell is, this, is, this, is, this is among Haitians? Absolutely. You see it on social media. And strangely, uh, um, there are more of them talking this way in Haiti itself, which leads me to the next point uh, uh, of uh, how much of this hatred, how much of this racism that uh, um, our people have internalized after, what, 16, 14 years of UN occupation, after 30 years of Martelli using that language in all media in Haiti. So you now have a generation of people who basically hate themselves and each other and everyone who look like them. When you have, this is the person who, you know, the, the videos on YouTube, we've all heard them refer to the national majority as, as black, ugly, and, 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 and smelling like you know what. And, uh, um, and this is a popular person in Haiti. And to this day, he hasn't stopped saying this and worse to people, you know, in the media, out loud, broadcast over TV and radio, um, and no one is doing much to stop him. So um, Trump, it just seems like a natural progression. And apparently, it, it just seems like Haitians have been prepared to hear and accept this because they have been hearing it from themselves all along. And um, I'm skeptical as to uh, a response here in, uh, in New York that might look anything like 1990 as, uh, as we responded to the AIDS accusations. Um, because we now have a generation of people uh, who seem to have, uh, um, I don't know, they've become desensitized. They're not, I, I want to believe I'm wrong that the, the millennials are, are, are going in the opposite direction, but um, I have to wait and see if we're going to, to, to have anything resembling 1990. I, I'm skeptical, again, because um, people have become desensitized on one hand. On the other, they seem to have internalized these things. Like this is what I was told by a prominent Haitian journalist. This is what I was told by. I I don't know. Um, I don't know. Now, Marcia Boy, you're still on the on the line, and I know you have opinions on what's being said. So, if you want to uh, weigh in, please do so. Your line is open. I agree wholeheartedly what the brother is saying. Um, our people, you know, when we go back to our country. <clears throat> Um, the little island of Haiti, or the great island of Haiti. Um, so much is said that, oh, it's only going to get better when the blanc comes in. And you're like, why do you want the white man to come in and take your land? You have riches that you can, you yourself can exploit but yet you'll let someone else exploit your riches and demean your country. And that's so much part of the indoctrination of America, you know, where 
it's like the white man is great and the black man can do nothing without the white man. And that's so not the truth. And we know that. We have proof of that from the revolution, the rebellion of those slaves that stood strong for 14 years fighting for their independence, for their families, for their friends. And so much of us have been torn down by this system called white domination because we think it's better. And, you know, I can understand why we can think it's better, right? You know, we've been in school so long with white teaching and white exploitation, and they never tell us about the greatness that has come from us and the great things that we ourselves have done, whether in Haiti, on the continent, or even here in the U.S. We don't talk about those things. We always talk about white greatness and they're not great. They're just continuing to dominate and control and to kill our children. And until people realize that their children are being taken away from them, they're not going to realize what's actually happening in front of their eyes. You know, I might say that Trump galvanizes a base, but galvanizing a base is one thing. Controlling a base is a whole nother thing. And it is our job, our task to utilize the mess, not a message, the shithole that he himself puts out that we can say something different. And we're not going to say something different like in the 90s with the AIDS eruption. We're not going to say that right now. Right now, our people are not in love with themselves enough, and we have to get our people in love with themselves again. Those are my thoughts. And I concur. And it just seems that that loss of self-love, at least from my vintage point observing Haiti, it, it it seems a very much like a concerted not a concerted effort, something programmed, planned, and put out there. Uh, this the self hatred seems like a, a, such a necessary tool. It was very important to 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 get Haitians to hate themselves, so you can numb them, so they cannot react. If it was the only way, uh, uh, um, they were going to steal the land under their feet. And that's what they're about. That's what and they're that's what about. They do and, and actually, that's what they've been doing to Africans or Black Americans here. You know, Black Americans will not identify themselves as Africans. They will say that they're indigenous to this continent, to this location. And okay, so you're indigenous to this location, but you also have to realize the demise that they've done to the people of this location, and they don't want to talk about that. And I have to say, I have to say, Marcia, that I've been, I've been following this whole movement of uh, uh, Black Americans saying they're indigenous to the Americas, they never came here as slaves, and I, 
I don't know where that comes from, but I am baffled. Um, <laughs> I know that for us Haitians, it's harder for us to, and, and, and believe it or not, this is like spreading on social media, on YouTube. For us, it's much harder um, to make that to argument. All, all we have to do exactly. is like, is, is sing our ancestral songs, uh and 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 we know where our ancestors came from i mean they left us you know we yeah. actually have the record of where they came from you know we sing ibolele we sing you know like we know our ancestors came from west africa and i'm i'm becoming baffled uh by the amount of people um who are born in the united states who are of african descent or who look like they're of african descent now they're saying they're not <laughs> That's just simple um, denial, and it, and it may also be a system of a system of survival. That, who don't understand exactly. that, like, you know, our ancestors came from West Africa, not. And, and by the way, there's a little bit of confusion with with that with the Rastafarians, who have this cult of East Africa, and and I'm so sorry, but like our ancestors came from West Africa. I'm I'm shocked that I have to have these conversations with people. Um. So so yeah, this is becoming very interesting. Exactly. It's like a total you know, parenthesis, but like I'm I'm watching this thing spread on, on YouTube and social media, the whole we were indigenous to the Americas thing. And I'm like, I, I'm like, well, maybe yes. I mean, I know it's true for the, the Garifuna to some degree. And lots of people of African descent in the Americas obviously have native ancestry. But to say that nobody came on a slave boat, I mean, I, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's just simple that's denial. Crazy. I mean, that's just that's crazy. And 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 this is being spread among people who claim to be woke and conscious. Like, uh, ew, this is not even this is not even like conservative Black Americans. This is like, this is like, like people who are you know who would consider themselves dissidents to the status quo who are saying this. Which is, yeah. I, 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 where did this come from? I see this come. It's from two places, if you ask me. Uh, um, it's um, this denial. It's it's uh, self protection. It's 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 a way to survive. Um, it's, it's yeah. It's a coping mechanism. What some would say, and then it's it's plain ignorance. Look, survive, um, survive what? But survive what? I mean, you well, know, survive, 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 survive. Survive, survive the idea that you were dehumanized to, to, to that extent, and 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 and, and there's a, a certain amount of shame associated with it as well. So, if if you look at curriculum across the country, um, they they're dropping that part of American history very fast. It's being rewritten. Um, Texas curriculum textbooks being rewritten and putting in the textbooks that. The, the, that the enslaved Africans were in fact uh, what is it on non-paid guest workers. Yes, they're not using or the word slave, and it is in textbook that they're putting in the hands of teenagers in Texas. So well, I heard whole, of this, but I didn't think it went through. Oh, it, 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 it's going through. It's definitely going through. So uh, you have an, a, a, a generation of kids who are being raised on pure revisionism. That's what you're witnessing. Yeah, the theory of, you know, give three reasons why slavery was great. It wasn't great for your people. 
That's, it might yeah, be you know, teachers will, but it won't be great for your people if you analyze the truth. And, you know, Malcolm X said it best. If you go to a school, you know, I'm not going to quote it correctly, but if you go to a school where they're teaching you their history, of course you're going to come out wanting to know more of their history, not of yours. Whoever teaches you is what you want to spew all the time, and that is the problem with our communities. We don't have schools, you know, and the number one factor in anything is having schools, is having programs which will help people understand who they are and whose they are. But if everything from schools to church to your home is always about somebody else, then you'll always look to someone else as being greater than you. And that is not the case. We are the greatest folks that ever walked on this earth. And no matter what they do, no matter what experiments they've tried and done on us, we continue to multiply because we are great. Those experiments, those techniques, Kiki experiments, whatever um, tuberculosis experiments that they did in Haiti, those things don't topple us. They continue to make us great, but we don't understand that. We don't see those things. We see those things as, oh, those are non-factors. They don't exist. That's just medicine trying to make us better. No, that's just them trying to do things that doesn't involve us. And we need to involve ourselves in conversations, in political policies, in anything that involves us, whether it's medicine. We have great children coming up with medicines, with experiments that are solvent for African people. But we don't talk about those things. We talk about everything else but the things that we do, our people do, to help save us. And that's an unfortunate state that we live in. Now, let me throw a wrinkle into this. Uh, Marcia Bois from Queens and Ugeal from Florida. This is what Hillary Clinton tweeted today. Now, what does this add to the conversation? She says, the anniversary of the devastating earthquake eight years ago is a day to remember the tragedy, honor the resilient people of Haiti, and affirm America's commitment to helping our neighbors. Instead, we're subjected to Trump's ignorant, racist views of anyone who doesn't look like him. What do we make of these <laughs> statements by... <laughs> I laugh at that for the mere fact of all the funds that the Trump, the Clinton Foundation has received and the lack of investment within our community, within our Haitian population, within Haiti that they've done. You know, they've maximized for their own goods. But where are the people in Haiti that are benefiting those things? You know, and until we can trace those dollars back to the people in Haiti and see that the people in Haiti are benefiting from whatever income bracket that they've elevated to, we can't take her words for nothing. It's just a farce. And we have to see through those lines. I don't know if my brother thinks the same or if you think the same, but that's what I think. 
Um, this, to me, I'm just so Hillary fatigued. This is just Hillary being Hillary, you know, Hillary doing what Hillary does. Um, you know, she gets you coming, she gets you going. Um, as where I sit, in the same spot where she's, come, she, she, she's supposedly pushing back on uh, um, Trump's racism, and she drops that word in there, that word resilient. Um, you know, we need to be extremely careful with, with this word resilient. We hear that a lot about Haitians. And it's a good way of saying, well, you know, they're resilient, they're strong, they can stand on their own. We can leave them just as they are. We we don't have to 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 put in the kind of effort that we put in uh, in Europe uh, with a Marshall Plan, you know they're resilient. They'll be fine. They they they're they're accustomed to living under these conditions, and that's okay. Um, knowing fully well that you can only be so resilient at some point if your body and mind don't get the sustenance they need, they will wither and die. And that's what we we see we see in Haiti. We see her policies in in in, in, in installing those two puppet governments back to back. Your current Jovenel Moise and, and, and Crazy Martelli before him. You know this is all her work, and we see the resilience at work. The people are running away for their lives, and and, and where they're running away to. Straight into modern day slavery in Chile, you know. Exactly. And who's leaving? The most supposedly the most resilient, the youth, yeah. right? The arms, they're gone, and you can bet these kids will never be back to Haiti again. The vast majority of them will never see Haiti again. And no, what we, will happen? You know, the cost to travel from Chile back to Haiti, it's about. 2000 or 3000 US to travel from Chile back to Haiti. So they it's make expensive. it they make yeah. it difficult. They do these things as a ploy. The same way that they use, you know, Brazil as a ploy. Come to Brazil. Mm-hmm. Now the people that are in Brazil are stuck in Brazil and they're being tormented. Because Brazil don't want does not want an African population. And unfortunately, not unfortunately, but fortunately, the folks that are going into Brazil are of African descent, and they understand that. But they don't understand the racism that comes into going into another country. And I think that's a failure on our part, the diaspora that goes into our home countries and make it seem as if, Oh, being in an international country is much better. You know, we have this and we have that and da 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 da. And then, lo and behold, you've gone on vacation for two weeks on credit. People don't talk about the reality of going on vacation. And that is the problem where that's where the problem starts. In exception, you leave your home country and return as if you're the richest person in the world and then want to treat everyone as if they're smaller than you and they're not. And I, mm. I've seen it with my own eyes that that is our biggest demise to our own country. So to that end, I think that there's a task at hand here. I, I, I don't have the solutions. I, I don't have 
the last word on this, but it's clear there's a lot of what he said being, you know, a lot of slinging going on. So we somehow we're gonna have to clean that mess. I think that's the that's the that's that's the first order of business in a place like Haiti. And and and, to, and how you gonna clean that mess? Well, you uh, um you get new and different bayakus. This one, these don't know <laughs> what they're doing. You know, they keep piling it on. They keep spreading it around. You need mm-hmm. bayakus that will actually remove the stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and and take it away. So to me, that's that's the first order of business. You know, um, we don't need the people who contributed very much like to the mess, uh, um, fake, uh, fake outrage at what Trump said, knowing that these people were handpicked to 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 keep things as they are or make it make them worse. Um, I don't need to name names. I think we've seen, we've all seen the reactions in in, in various medias, and uh, I can only shake my head reading these people, knowing that they are very much a contributor to the mess. Um, Even one of our greatest contributors, you know, I don't watch the view, but I saw this circulating online. Um, <clears throat> one of the co-hosts from the view. I guess her husband or her family is related to Haiti, and they right, have right. Um, and they have this hotel and stuff like that. And they're like, you know, it's only missionaries that there, and it's really great. Look, these people are coming over on um, boats and selling us food and stuff like that. And you're just like, you're missing the point. If there are missionaries that are there to do work, show me the work that they're doing. Don't show me them gallivanting in the ocean. Yes, that's great, right? That's great to show the luxuries of Haiti. But show me the work that they're doing. Because you showing me you entertaining yourself doesn't mean a jack crap to me. I want to see what you're really doing, what your people are really doing on our little island, on our great island. And if you can't do that, I want you to just keep your mouth shut until you can. And that's the kind of conversation we need to have with anyone who says any types of missionary work that they're doing on the island. Because if there are no results, there's just talk and there's just money being funneled to you and you're lining your pocket and you can go into the stores and buy Louis Vuitton and Hermes and anything else that you think is great for your life, but not great Mm. for the people that need those dividends themselves, and yeah, that's the thing. She was trying to counter uh, um, Trump's narrative um, by pointing out that uh, her Haitian family have been great contributors uh, uh, here in America, with uh, her father-in-law producing two doctors and an engineer, with uh, the family back in back in Haiti. uh, You know. Doing but things, that, yeah, yeah. Doing things, creating a different image. Uh, um, wealthy Haitians love that word, image. Um, building hotels and and in parallel to that, apparently they're involved with education, which is great. And 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 uh, I think okay, it's fine. It's it's good to 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 hear that uh, uh, um, 
these things are happening. But um, in the reality, uh, um, I don't know if, you know, tall buildings uh, or, or what Haiti needs to show that it has arrived. Uh, I, I think the investment, that's just my opinion, I think the investment needs to be in the people before uh, buildings. And that's what happened with these whole seeds that Hillary Clinton put in charge of Haiti. They robbed the country blind, they built a couple of buildings to, to show the world, look, we stole from our people, we built buildings, that means we're modern and we've arrived, we look like you, we can now live like you, while exactly. the vast majority of Haitians are basically dying, uh, starving to death, running away for their lives, and and and, and dealing with diseases brought by these uh, uh these people. Well, uh, exactly. So I think there's a, there's a there's a serious confusion here. This is why uh, um I believe we need to focus back on people. What are we doing with the the the, the great majority of, of so-called resilient nations who, who may not be able to hold on much longer. What are we doing with all, all the wrong people being in wrong positions? Um, what's going to be the response? How do we organize and, and, and move forward from here? That's my piece. I agree. Well, apparently, I don't know if you're talking about organization as a nation versus organization uh, as a protest, but yeah, there are protests being organized. There's a meeting tomorrow at IT Liberté to discuss, you know, how to protest this, and um, which is how this whole thing about, you know, this is going to be a march bigger or as big as the AIDS march, although I, I, I also personally doubt it, to be honest. Um, I but, think the AIDS march, when the AIDS march came about, there were more people who understood what Haiti represented. And our generation, anyone 50 and under who's grown up in America, America, don't understand the greatness of our country. Like, I wouldn't partake in such a march because it's, one of those things that you're looking for the biggest dollar to participate and give you dividends because then these people end up becoming some part of corporate entity. And we have to look at that. We have to examine those things thoroughly with our folks. Yeah. The professional march or the professional protest. Um, I, I guess I'm getting older. I'm becoming a little cynical. I'm, I'm beginning to believe less and less <laughs> I'm, because I, I've done, I, I did my, my <laughs> I did my fair share of protesting and marching. Um, so uh, now I'm questioning so that. It's, as a, it's actually as a already, uh, I just saw this on Facebook. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to apologize. Rally Monday, January 15, 3 p.m. Times Square, New York City, wear red and blue. So I don't know if it's a different rally than the one uh, I was told was being organized tomorrow. I again. Go ahead. No, no I've seen the same one. No, go ahead, sir. No, I'm good. I'm listening, ladies. You go ahead. No, I've seen the same one, Alice, and I don't. Okay. I don't know who's behind this, and mm -hmm. who they're calling out for, 
but I don't think it's wholeheartedly coming from our people. And yeah. when our people get involved yeah. from inception, it becomes a problem. Yeah, so what I see is, again, there's two forms of, well, racism is not just being called the N-word. Racism is also institutional racism. And by the same token, anti-Haitian sentiment is not just calling Haitians names, which of course is not okay. It's also policies towards Haiti, which are going to be much longer lasting than the words of Trump, right? These policies Absolutely. usually you know, non-sovereignty, the UN, cholera, you know, n you know, an earthquake and the, the mismanagement from the outside of, you know, the funds that were supposed to go for the earthquake, uh, all of the dispossession um, of, of Haitian farmers, uh, you know, those things, you know, you know, rice, the, the, you know, destruction of the Haitian rice industry, those things are going to last. Those things are, for example, at the root of Haitians leaving Haiti to Brazil and Chile. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we have not seen that, that amount of galvanization from Haitians vis-a-vis -vis those policies. So I, I hate to be cynical, but when I see all these organizations coming out to, to you know, to talk about a word, right? To talk about a word, um, and 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 refusing to come out and to galvanize against those policies because maybe they're, um, you know, because maybe you know they're. Let's just let's just say it on the take from the Democratic Party, um, you know. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, I, I can't take it seriously. I mean, if you love Haiti and you love Haitians, you're going to also galvanize against policies. Um, exactly. So that, that's, my, that's my take on all this. And we've spent so much time trying to get people on board and trying to get people to, you know, um, you know understand the significance of some of the other presidential candidates um, that it, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, obviously, you know, we cannot accept to be called names, but on the other hand, it's really hard for me to take uh, this kind of, you know, sudden self-respect seriously when there's been no, I mean, I mean, if, if we indeed have a, have a march the size of the AIDS march next week, no. and we never, never had those numbers when it came to protesting the Clintons, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> just shows the um the I want to say autism of our people, but I don't know if that's the correct word. But it shows somehow that a name means calling a name means more than anything else. It means more than stealing from my family, you know, yeah. because. Part of the thing was, you know, they would call Haitians with AIDS all these types of names back in the late 80s and 90s. And I remember that thoroughly as, you know, I'm a child growing up and people don't want to be my friend because I'm Haitian. And it hurt me to the core. So if it's name calling that means something, 
and I won't say that my parents did something wrong, but I know it was it was beyond name calling. It was an understanding of what their country meant globally. And unfortunately, even the United Nations of Africa can't make a united stance against these comments that 45 has made because they themselves are in bed with folks and folks in bed with folks who show themselves from these things and at the end of the day they say the same things that 45 has says but no one realized that and that's the torment that hurts even bad because it's like it's not independent to 45 he's not the only person that says these things he's just arrogant enough to say them out loud for everyone to hear and no and, one else you know, realizes also that. he loves attention and he just says things to shock and he's probably diverting from something else by the way um so obviously yes. people are going to do what they have to do we're not you know obviously we want well you know people who have the you know people who have the time and energy to to go protest this next week you know more power um i just hope that those same people remain galvanized every time there are policies that affect haiti and uh, make their voices heard when there are policies that affect Haiti, right? Because it would be it would be like standing up to a bully only when the bully calls you names on the schoolyard, but not when um, but not standing up if the bully went and like became president of the student body and then went and passed laws that had the, a, a similar effect to the bullying by name on the, mm -hmm. on the schoolyard, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if, if you're going to protect yourself, you have to protect yourself uh, and, and be vigilant on all fronts. And you can't just be looking at the big shiny object and um, not look at all of the different ways that you're being affected and, 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 uh, um, and, and mistreated. So, um, so we're going to see w what happens with that. Um, I'm going to let you guys, uh, we're, we, 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 I've had both of you much longer than I expected to have you. So I'm going to let you Hello? 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 I'm still here. I am too. Can you hear me? I can hear you clearly. Okay. But I think Alice was trying to let us go. And I think this conversation was fabulous. What do you think? I agree. I agree. Uh, um, uh, briefly in passing, I think she touched upon something. Um, it, it, in Trump's quest for, for more and more attention, I'm wondering how much of this may have been designed to divert attention to something very serious as, that this bully actually has coming. He, he's there he's reckoning may or may not be coming because uh, 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 he dropped these offensive words just as um, the press was beginning to, to discuss the fact that uh, he may have a very interesting interview coming up very soon, you know, one where he's not in command. I think he's already declined the interview. You know, I'm, uh, not, 
I am not following uh, 45 thoroughly, so you help in my yeah, no, this one may, may, may it's it's not an uh, an invitation. This one he may not be able to decline it. Um, this is the FBI. He's dodging it. He's yeah with uh yes right with with Robert Mueller. So it, it, that this could be what what this is this whole thing is about. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, um, diverting attention so he doesn't. He's, he doesn't get push, pushed back, so he doesn't get the pressure from the public uh, um, to actually show up and testify when and if Mueller uh, uh, asks him to. Uh, and I think we're getting closer and closer to this uh, potential constitutional, constitutional, constitutional crisis uh, where uh, uh, the question becomes, can a sitting president be subpoenaed uh, uh, and forced to testify in his own investigation. Um, but then, we, we, but then we're about the to enter turbulent time. I'm sorry? Yeah. No, I agree with you. We are about to enter turbulent times. But then the other thing is, who is his vice president that would take second in command, who is said to be even worse than this person, who is said to have even harsher thoughts about our people than he does? You know, we're sitting here focusing on 45, but who is 45's vice? And what are his vices? We need to examine those things as we want to pressure 45, but yeah, yeah, yeah. outcomes be for us as a people? Yeah, Pence uh, is in the visor, is in Mueller's visor as well as a co-conspirator. So, um It'll be very interesting to to watch what happens. Then the line goes down. Who is um, the secretary, the congressperson that goes down? Paul something that's even worse. Paul Ryan. Paul Paul Ryan. Even worse. You know, it's like this person is just an idiot, but those people are idiots with knowledge of the constitutional laws that can affect us dangerously. And if we don't take to those things, we're just sitting ducks. We're just sitting there looking at the the, um, surface items, but we're not looking at the layers in between. And to my thoughts, It's not as African folks that we need to look at those layers in between. As African folks, we need to understand who we are and whose we are so that we can work on bettering our people so that we can usher our own principles alive. Because if we continue to worry about their antics, we're never going to focus on us. And we need to focus on us. That's one of the prime principles that we need to do. No matter who is in, quote, unquote, in charge, we need to focus on us. And that's one of the things that we missed out or opportunities that we missed out when Obama was president. We missed the opportunities to focus on us. Yes, there are groups that said, you know, Obama's president, that doesn't mean anything to us. We still need to focus on us, but as a larger majority, as a larger population, we need to focus on us. And how do we become solvent, independent, and use that word resilience to our benefits versus their mm-hmm. benefits? Mm-hmm. 
just my thought. Anyway. All yep. right, guys. I think we um, lost so, it. Oh, she's back. You know, I'm here. <laughs> I've been here, uh, but I, I'm I'm going to take it that those were your um, concluding remarks. Uh, yes, or ma'am. Do you need more? Uh, do you need more time to conclude, Ug? Um, only that we have to keep, you know, all the balls in the air at the same time. Um, I, I agree with the sister that we, we, we have to stay focused and remind ourselves of who we are and where we come from. But at the same time, we're here. Our roots have, have dug in right here. So we, we, we made this happen too. Our sweat and blood did this. So we are stakeholders right here. So we have to pay attention to what's going on right here as well and have our say in the whole process. Um, I don't know if you heard me say this earlier, but I was pointing out to the very real possibility that the media savvy uh, 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 Vangeli, that is uh, um, this Mr. Trump, um, his words on Haiti could very well have been a distraction from yeah. the very real possibility of having to talk to, to one Robert Mueller pretty soon. So. Yep. That's what I'm you know, thinking. It, I'm thinking. I'm thinking these these statements. Um, you know, when people are so quick to react, you know, it's never good. Like if you're, you know, if you're at work, if you're out in the world, um, you don't react right away, and you don't react on a knee jerk to things. Um, mm-hmm. You first kind of ascertain what's going on, and you respond eventually. But. Uh, <laughs> You know, could be, yeah, this could very well be that we're playing. Obviously, Trump doesn't make these crazy statements on on Twitter. Um, you know, he knows. I mean, he 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 expected this reaction. I mean, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, why did he expect this reaction? Why did he elicit this reaction? Um, to, exactly. Yeah, and 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 what is he trying to divert away from? And yeah. when we I put all this energy into these reactions, mm-hmm. like these marches and all these organizations writing, which you know, obviously you should write. But I I thought that we were beyond. I I remember being part of a study group at some point about racism where. And it, the, I, I think the consensus was in twenty in tw- in the twenty tens, when somebody tells you that black people are inferior, we are no longer at the stage. I mean, because that really that was the nineties where you were like, well, our ancestors did this and they did that and they did, you know, we we're at a stage in twenty seventeen where, when people say, well, you're inferior, you basically just let them talk because. Uh, because obviously when they're telling you they're they're inferior they want you you know i mean there's so many different um movements out there where they say you don't qualify yourself when when you're in a position where you're on the defensive qualifying yourself you're just that on the defensive mm-hmm. and someone wanted you on the defensive um mm-hmm. now obviously mm-hmm. you know so so what is it that you need to be doing to be proactive rather than defensive? Um, mm-hmm. And so if, I mean, you, you, why does Trump want these people on the defensive? Trump was the person, I mean, to me, the best answer, whenever anybody's told me this this week, I've said, well, Trump, this is very interesting coming from the man who went to Little Haiti when he needed votes 
and said, I will be your voice. I mean, that's, that's, that's all the answer that you need here. Yep. Uh, you're changing. Right. Mm-hmm. So when he needed votes, he went with Giuliani, of all people. Do you guys remember this? He went to Little yes. Haiti and said, I will be your voice. And, you know, uh, he did everything he could to act like he was going to be the counterpoint of Hillary Clinton. Um, why now is he saying this? He knows that he went to Little Haiti to say, I will be your voice. So, 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 you know, um, so that, that's really all that needs to be answered. So the same man who said, you know, this country is a shithole is also the same man who went to Little Haiti, went to the uh, Republicans in Little Haiti and the uh, Evangelicals in Little Haiti and said, I will be your voice during, yep. during, during campaign season. So can you truly believe that the same person who said, I will be your voice, really thinks that this, that place is a shithole? And 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 vice versa. And really, I mean, to me, that's the only answer here. The, the going into oh, Haiti's not a shithole. It just becomes playing too much into his hands. Well, if mm-hmm. it's a shithole, why were you in Little Haiti saying, "I will be your voice"? Why would you have been the voice of a shithole yesterday and today? You're, you know, I, that to me was the only response that the Haitians needed to give. Mm-hmm. rather than sitting there and be like, no, we're not a shithole, and no, we're cool, <laughs> and, you, you know, you, you, do you see what I mean? Like, keep it on him. Totally. Keep it on him. Well, okay, we're we're a shithole, but, but why were you going to be the voice of that shithole nine months ago? Are, are right. we missing something? Yeah. And then have him uh, yeah. answer. And then and then leave it there. I mean, that's kind of how I would handle this personally, and that because that's how I would handle this whenever anyone would do this to me on any level. If I'm somewhere and somebody's saying, "Well, you, you're incompetent," well, okay, I'm incompetent. Well, Why did you hire me? You you that, hired me ten months ago. Now you're telling me I'm incompetent. That takes us. That takes us to being unapologetic. To exactly. Stand up. Or right. what that's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so I'm not loving the fact that we're on the defensive as a community right now. That's that's what that's what I don't love. Um, you know, at the same time, we fully understand there's a power differential. We fully understand, obviously, uh, you know, Haiti is not the richest country in the world. I mean, that's. But we should never be in a position to sit there and kind of. Um, Try to prove Bet that we're not a shithole. Do you see what I mean? Like, no, like, like we, we're going. If if you're going about your business and 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 a bully comes to attack you, you don't sit there and kind of speak back to the bully on the terms of the bully. Yeah. That that's my problem with this. So, so this person comes to you. If if a bully comes and tells you something is wrong with yourself. Um, then your job is then to put the bully back on the defensive. And 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 really, if if we had blasted the video of Trump going to uh, to Little Haiti saying "I will be your voice," that would have done it. In fact, that would have been a great thing to put to Trump's racist supporters. It would have been a great. I'll tell you oh, what. Oh oh oh! You think Trump's on your side? Why was he? Why, well, if Trump was if if Trump was on your side, and then create a commotion and have them argue amongst each other, well, that's interesting. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, nationalists. Uh, you know, uh, former KKK league of you know West Bumble City. Uh, 
<laughs> that's interesting because oh, you're uh, happy that he said this about you know Haitians and Africans, but here's the video of him going to those same Haitians, saying, "I will be your voice," and then let him and them fight it out. Yes. Do you see yep. what I mean? Um, anyway. Absolutely. I think uh, um, for right now, those of us here on this land, there's one thing we can do to put the focus back on Trump, and that's yeah. to call call our representatives, call your Congress people, call your Senate people, and tell them to put the executive branch on notice not to touch Mr. Mueller. That that uh, Trump is right. not to fire Mueller unless he wants to resign uh, uh, to avoid a trial for obstruction of justice right after. So right. that's one thing we can do here. Yeah. Let's turn this, uh, as you were saying, turn this right around yeah. and put the lens back on Trump. Call your Senate people, call your representative, and tell them we need to protect Mueller from getting fired from Trump unless we're going to push him to resign for obstruction of justice. Because right now, Mueller is breathing down his neck over two issues. We, we hear a lot about collusion with Russia. That might be a little, more, a little harder to make that case. But what is clear from a fantastic video I watched from, uh, uh, um, what was it, Robert Reich, who was... Uh, um, under Clinton's cabinet, he's fantastic. He explains things really well. Um, what Trump has coming to him is a charge of money laundering and obstruction of justice. The whole treason and collusion thing with Russia might be a little harder, but obstruction of justice is already in the bag over uh, 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 um, the predecessor to uh, Jeff Sessions. Uh, at Justice and at the in Robert Mueller at the, at the FBI. That's one. So that's where we need to keep the focus. Backing Robert Mueller through our representative to push for money laundering and obstruction of justice. That's my last word. All right. That's that sounds like music to my ears. Uh, again, Marcia Bois, who joined us tonight, is holding a. Uh, Subjumu Challenge event tomorrow in Queens in Rosedale. The flyer is on uh, on um, the hashtag LOF1804 on Twitter. And on Sunday will be Wikipedia Day at the Ace Hotel in New York City. Legacy of 1804 signing out. Uh, and please stay tuned for the future format in making of Legacy of 1804. Have a great night. Mm. Awesome. Thank you. Good night. Okay. Bye. Good night.